who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today, from divorce to call-out culture to masculinity to girls' confidence. Season two of Thread the Needle finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. I sound really nasal. I didn't didn't notice, but... The first episode, I don't sound it, but to myself right now... Well, you're sick. I'm very sick. Yeah, she looks very rude off the red-nosed reindeer right now. I'm really festive. I want to get in the spirit of the holidays and make my nose red as as red as possible. Yeah, exactly. Jolly, even. I'm just rubbing like paper towels on my nose. Just like, how red can I get this? I I love it that we associate that with being jolly, like Santa's red nose. Yeah. When really, he's probably just fucking cold. He's really cold. (laughs) You know? Yeah, his red cheeks and red nose are just him being a little chilly. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to bring you an episode before Christmas. A little um, early Christmas present. A little early, because we did say we were going to release episodes throughout our break, and then we didn't, uh, up until now. To our, to our benefit, we did say that we will probably release a mini Christmas episode like we did last year. True. And we are now giving them two pretty full-length episodes. Yes. So... To our, you know, to our defense, Look, I think we're okay. we waited until just the end, but then we brought you a lot of content at once. We okay? did! So, enjoy it. Enjoy it over your Christmas break. I feel like we're... Or holiday break, right? Like, no one said anything, and we're just, like, yelling at them. Like, hey! I, I know! It's, <laughs> stop talking back to us! I got, like, two text messages of people being like, hey, what happened to your show? I would love for your show to come back. And I'm like, stop attacking me! <laughs> Leave me alone! <laughs> Let me live my life! God damn it! Alright. So, we we wanted to talk today, um, this is actually Madigan's suggestion that we talk about the war on Christmas. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> Debatable. Teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah, I just, especially when I worked at Starbucks, that was a big thing that I was very aware of when like the new cup designs would come out and all these things. Um, like You're like, oh, they're about to get mad. Oh, they're about to get mad. I, so I have a Starbucks coffee cup right here and it says Merry Coffee. 
in a bunch of tiny words. But you know on what? The front. I feel like people didn't get mad about, or rather. Christians didn't get mad about the Mary co- coffee cups. No, but the other ones, so I have a tea, so it's two cups. This one is just red with green polka dots. Yeah. But the Mary coffee, I feel like they could say, well, it, the term is Merry Christmas, so Merry coffee still kind of adheres to yeah. that, like, belief or idea. It's, it's a very, this whole concept to me is very interesting because I've always been told since I was little that there is a separation between church and state. And while Christmas is seen as a religious holiday, a religious Christian holiday, through the years it has also become more cultural. I believe it has become more welcoming to people of different cultures. It's people absolutely who want to celebrate. A secular holiday in most respects. Yeah, I mean I've got some statistics and things like that of of uh how people celebrate the holiday in this day and age and things like that. But it is, it's kind of frustrating to me because it seems like the people who are saying that we must say Merry Christmas, it seems very exclusive to me. Oh, absolutely. Because there are so many holidays. There are people who are um, atheists who still want to celebrate the holiday with their family without it having to be this super like religious experience. Well, and, and here's the thing. As somebody who was raised very Christian, who... I heard a lot about the war on Christmas, not in those terms, because mm-hmm. as we'll kind of get into, that term wasn't developed until like 2004. Yeah. But this entire idea that the sanctity of Christmas as a Christian holiday was under attack yeah. was something that I heard a lot about growing up. I and actually remember, so there was a kid in my class, I went to Catholic school growing up from kindergarten through eighth grade. And there was a kid in my class, and then he left and went to public school for a year, and then he came back. And I remember being in religion class and having our teacher talk to him and be like, what was the difference between, like, the Christmas celebration at your public school to here? And I remember him saying, like, we couldn't talk about Jesus, and we sang about pizza. And I remember being like, such a shame. Well, that you couldn't like to me, and it wasn't it wasn't the Jesus thing. It was like in my head, it was like they couldn't even say they couldn't even sing Christmas songs. It was like I was like, why would they be singing about? And pizza? see that that was never my experience in public school. Like we we still sang Christmas songs. We yeah. may not have sang anything that was explicitly um, talking about Jesus, but we definitely sang a lot of Christmas songs. We yeah. even sang like Silent Night, which yeah. like is. A That's a Christian song. Christian song. Yeah, um, T had his uh, holiday concert today, and he sang "Up on the Housetop." And then <laughs> I love this so much. They turned "Shake It Off" into a um, Hanukkah song. Cute. It's like I love this holiday. Mm-mm. And like, yeah, we also sang. Granted, not to the same scale. I'm not trying to equate the two, but we also sang you know, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel every year. And yeah. we sang, which is also a religious holiday. Yeah. And we it's actually, inclusive. in my early elementary school, I think we even sang a Kwanzaa song. Yeah. So these, here's where the crux of the issue comes in, is because to Christians, Christmas is a religious holiday. Yes. And like, I understand that. And you can celebrate that. And you can absolutely celebrate that. And no one is trying to take that from you. Where where a lot of Christians get this like war on Christmas idea, because they like to specifically attack the ACLU in yeah. in general, because, like, for instance, the ACLU tried to get a cross removed from the top of a Christmas tree at a government building, and they were successful in doing that, and of right. course, all these people wanted to shout, war on Christmas, war on Christmas, you're trying to take the Christ out of Christmas, etc. Right. Um, 
really the issue, it's not that you can't have your religious holiday. It's that there is a separation of church and state and a government building yeah. should not have a religious religious iconography. Right. Like, I agree. There is something, and let me find this in my notes, there is something from a law that was passed... Okay, so the Supreme Court rulings such as Lynch versus Donnelly in 1984 permitted religious themes in government-funded Christmas displays that had, quote, legitimate secular purposes. Since then, the rulings have been splintered and it has left people unsure of their limits. So back in 84, they were saying that, sure, you can have, like, a religious indication in a government building, building. Sure. like a decoration, things like that. But I think that people, it, it's kind of, it's a very gray area. There isn't really a strong, this is what you can and cannot do kind of thing about right. this and it's, hearing. It's caused a lot of issues because, yeah. um, I know, I don't have any notes on this right now, but I think we talked about it in the past and I've definitely read about it, that because there were government buildings that were allowing like the Ten Commandments to be displayed outside yeah. or um, nativity scenes that were explicitly Christian, of course, in nature, um, that other religions were like, okay, well, if you can do that, I think Satanists yeah. did it, where they were like, well, if you can do that, <clears throat> well, if you can do that, we are going to put up a statue of a pagan god in yeah. front of one of these buildings, and people lost their fucking minds. Well, because that's exactly that's religious freedom. That's If you're going to do that, then other people can absolutely. celebrate their beliefs as well, and we have to be okay with that. And that's the thing, is, you know, when we talk about saying happy holidays versus Merry Christmas or whatever, if you want people to say Merry Christmas, you, not everybody at Walmart is shopping for Christmas gifts. Do you want to have a long list of holidays that people are celebrating right now? Happy Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy this, Happy and that. Here's happy the thing. holidays is all-encompassing. Personally, I say Happy Holidays. Also, personally, I don't care if somebody says Merry Christmas to me. True, And yeah. if they say Merry Christmas to me, I will usually say Merry Christmas back. Of course. Um... And if, likewise, if somebody were to say Happy Hanukkah to me, I wouldn't mind because... You would say I, Happy Hanukkah. I understand that it is someone sharing what's happening with their own, like, whatever. And but I, whenever I am talking to someone I do not know, yeah, I don't know what their religious beliefs are or if they, are, if they do not celebrate. So for me, Happy Holidays is just more inclusive. It makes right. more sense. And I know there are a lot of people who are very sensitive to that, where if you were to say Merry Christmas... You know, they may take right. offense to Again, that and have a problem with it. That's but I, me personally saying, right. I don't mind if someone says Merry but Christmas I think, to me. I mean, but, at least a lot of people that I know tend to kind of have that same idea, where it's like they understand the intention behind mm -hmm. what the person is saying. But I also think it's completely valid if you are a group that is constantly being overlooked. Yeah. Like, you know, we are constantly overlooking Jewish holidays yeah. for Christian holidays. So that could get exhausting for me it or would. annoying. Well, and I remember like having Jewish friends who like would wish that they could celebrate Christmas because Christmas got the spotlight. Hanukkah was not as big of a deal. Like they all really wanted to be able to celebrate Christmas as right. well. I mean, and so, okay, so that gets us to a point of Christmas is this huge, massive holiday. And I understand that it has been commercialized and secularized in a, a lot of our culture. So I get that. But to say that there is a war on Christmas, something that is commercially recognized, yeah. that takes over an entire season. And actually, in 1870, President Grant declared it a national holiday, yeah. um, Christmas Day. So <laughs> to say that, 
there's a war on it, or people are trying to shut it down, or we yeah. can't say Merry Christmas, or and it's, it's like you're somehow happening. being oppressed in some way is so insulting. And to me, there is this trend of conservative people, and also it is a it is right wing propaganda. Yeah, like the war on yes, Christmas is right wing yes. propaganda, and and also white people constantly feeling like they need to feel oppressed or jump on that oppression bandwagon. I read a meme the other day that I think applies to this, and I'm not going to be able to say it word for word, but it was something about how men are so angry about the idea of equality with women because they do know deep down that there is an inequality already, and they are afraid of the equality happening. And And that's a very similar thing with Christmas. They are afraid of having other cultures because we are a racist fucking country, and when you're talking about Christmas, you think of... Christian white families. You don't think of all the other Americans that differ from that. Yeah, it's very much a make America great again. It's kind of dog whistling for that at this point. Like this like war on Christmas idea. Yeah, it's it's wanting America to be white and Christian Mm -hmm. and night a nice little happy, you know, package, no pun intended, and without it being um, you know, taken taken over by other cultures. I really think that's what it's all about. I don't think it's even about religion per se, I think it is about making sure that America stays fucking white. Absolutely. I, it's a dog whistle to yeah. me. It absolutely is that. Um, and there was this actually pretty great article in Esquire, which feels weird coming out of my mouth, uh, but there was a pretty good article. I really liked the way that the I writer that wrote. Like uh, He wrote with so much sarcasm that yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. But he said... It is a deeply symbolic battle to maintain the notion that the United States is a nation built by and for white Christian people, though the proponents prefer to say things like Judeo-Christian values, and that everybody else should just be happy to be here. The attempt to include other traditions via, quote, happy holidays by decentralizing Christmas for even a second was seen as just another attempt to undermine the centrality of Real Americans, capital R, capital A, <laughs> in a capital C Christian country. Yeah. Capital C, capital C. Well, and so, it's interesting because, like, we talked about this a while ago, specifically with, like, Catholicism. The president wasn't really Catholic until fairly recently, correct? Like, JFK was about, the first Catholic president. Right. Yeah. And ever since then, it's kind of been this thing to promote Christianity and Catholicism in your presidential life. I mean, even look at um, Donald Trump. He says that he brought Christmas back. Oh, yeah. He ended the Mm -hmm. war on Christmas. and um, Because evangelicals are such a huge part of the Republican Party. Huge part. Yeah. Yet he never once has... Uh, celebrated his religion in any sort of way. He Until he became said, president, he didn't even really talk about being a Christian at all. And now never. all of a sudden, he's this good Christian. He reads man. the Bible all the time. Yeah, and he, you know, when he uh, erected some, you know, tree at one of his businesses or towers or whatever, he said, "Happy holidays." Like this isn't a thing. If you look back in the history of Donald Trump, this is not something that he has been fighting for for a long time, and he's finally defeated it. Like, that's just not the case. Do you want to talk a little bit about the history of the war on Christmas? I want to say one more thing first, because I find this interesting, and that is the use of Xmas. Oh, you know what? I didn't even do a lot of research on Xmas. I didn't do a whole lot, but I have a little... When I was a kid, actually, more than it being a Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays discussion... It's just quicker, it, It was an Xmas discussion. Yeah. Because... 
people, they could easily look at that and see which word was removed. And it yes. was, the, I mean, in fairness, it is the word Christ that is yeah. substituted for yeah. X. Well, and people say that X equals the unknown quantity, which means that it is like they are erasing Jesus from the story. It is this unknown beginning. It's Xmas. Um, in December of 1957, News and Views, which I'm assuming is maybe, it says News and Views by the Church League of America, which is a conservative foundation, attacked the use of Xmas. They are the ones that said that X equals the unknown quantity, Mm -hmm. which makes the argument that using Xmas is blasphemous commission of the name of Christ. They also argue that Jewish people introduced Santa Claus to suppress the New Testament accounts of Jesus. Okay, that's not what happened there. And there is actually well-documented history of the use of X as an abbreviation for Christ and possibly also a symbol for the cross. And it's funny because I was reading more about this whole Jewish war on Christmas and how Jewish people are trying to take over and... I I don't think they care that much, really. They're they're abolishing Christmas or whatever. But ironically, most of the popular Christmas songs were written by Jewish people. And granted, not religious Christian songs, but songs like... Santa Baby, Let It Snow, A Christmas Song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. This list goes on and on of, like, the most popular Christmas songs were written by Jewish people. Um, And it's just very... uh, John Birch, or the John Birch Society, was the uh, first people to say that, like, Jewish people had this vendetta about... Uh, Of course. ...getting rid of Christ at Christmas, and he... uh, It's an incredibly anti-Semitic group. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I will say, like, as a kid, I didn't understand why Xmas, but now knowing that X is an abbreviation for Christ, that makes sense to me. Well, to me, it was just easier to write when I was little. Like, and it was just, if you wanted yeah, to write you, on a little... you learn how to write anything else. Well, so no, it's I, like... but I mean, like, if you were if you were writing it on a card, you had to write it a million times, or if you were making an ornament, or if it was, like, something, instead of writing out the full word, sure. everyone uses abbreviations. To me, it was just an abbreviation. I sure. never even thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about how the, quote, war on Christmas started. Well, so, because there was actually kind of a war on Christmas. Uh, in, in a, well, oh, I'm not going back that far. Oh, you're not going back that far. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, in 2005, there was a radio host named John Gibson, and he wrote a book titled The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred... Sacred. The Sacred. How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought. (gasps) Scary. Clutch your pearls. I was just going to say I'm clutching my pearls right now. (laughs) Which was then promoted on Fox News, and it was a freaking... Freaking. It was a frequent talking point of Bill O'Reilly. Yes, Bill O'Reilly started this, and I watched uh, this, like, one-minute video on YouTube today of... um, Bill O'Reilly and Jon Stewart going back and forth. Which should also be said, Bill O'Reilly, who was removed from Fox News because he could not stop sexually assaulting women. Yeah, he so, just could We stop. just want to, like, yeah, go ahead and... he was. It was just interesting because they were, like, making jabs at each other and got... What did, what did uh, Jon Stewart say? He said something and then Bill O'Reilly clapped back saying... Because uh, John Stewart like challenged him, like get, say something to that, and Bill O'Reilly, all he could say is, "What I have to say to you, John Stewart, is you're going to hell." And okay. Then, and then they go back to John Stewart in the video, and he goes, "I have to watch Fox News eight hours every day for my I'm job. Already in I'm hell. already in hell. <laughs> that doesn't scare me anymore." And it's just, it's so, 
It's so funny. But it did cause an uproar. So this was probably around the time that my parents were watching a lot of Fox News. Okay. So Bill O'Reilly was on in my house as a kid, and um, this caused an uproar. Like, he was talking about the war on Christmas. He had a thing behind him that said war on Christmas yeah. on it. Gibson, John Gibson, who wrote the book, he he claims that the book focused primor- primarily on an issue that rarely happens anymore, which is that educators and local officials ban non-religious symbols like Santa Claus or Christmas, Christmas trees out of the belief that dis- displaying them violated the Constitution. So he was basically saying that there's a war on Christmas in a secular way. Right. Like, we can't have Christmas trees, we can't have Santa right. in schools or in government buildings because it's associated with Christians, even though those are very secular kind yes. of figures. So, but even as he wrote this book, he was he claims that that was the focus of it, but if that's the case, then he chose a very reactionary title yes. of his book, if that's what he was trying to talk about. Now, I yeah. haven't read the book, so I'm not sure. Um... Nevertheless, it's been a sticking point uh, to conservatives throughout the year, years, and year after year, there is an effort for them to make themselves into an oppressed party, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we I mentioned this in the mini-episode, how, you know, there have been lawsuits and complaints against, you know, Walmart, Target, Gap, mm-hmm. Sears, all of these Starbucks, big, of course. Yeah. All these big corporations. And a lot of them fold because they aren't, uh, you know, willing to financially give up on a lot of those customers and things like that. And we live in a capitalist society. Um, So they will get in and say, you know, have their greeters say Merry Christmas and different things like that. And it's... I do think the tides are changing with that. Like, as we talked about in the mini episode when we talked about that Hallmark commercial, I do think that the majority of people do want to be more inclusive and are more vocal about it now because... You know, they like to call themselves the silent majority, conservative Christians, but really they're the extremely loud loud minority is the problem. And, like, so many other people who were very, like, progressive or inclusive have just been kind of quiet for a long time. Yeah, I've even heard people say, like, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And I think even that is fine, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I am not the liberal who is going to sit here and say that I'm offended by Merry Christmas, like we said in the beginning I'm, I'm of the absolutely episode. not offended by Merry but Christmas. I'm, but I think no. it could also be because we were both raised Christian. Uh-huh. So I think that, like you said, to have to have people be so upset about this, it's just, it's lessening the importance of so many other things when Happy Holidays is just so nice and inclusive. Yes, and it's, again, you know, when we talked about the Yankee candle scandal in our last episode. The candle scandal! Oh my god! There are just so many more important things to care about. And with that being said, okay, I'm going to kind of jump back and forth here because I was raised very conservatively that I can say the way that conservative Christians are viewing this is not something as simple as a red cup or not saying Merry Christmas and saying Happy Holidays instead. They really do see Christianity as a whole being under attack. And again, it's because they have this idea that America is a Christian nation, which isn't 
true. It's not true. Um, I mean, we were founded by Puritans, get me wrong. We were founded by Puritans, and then our founding fathers, several of them were atheists, yeah. and God isn't, uh, rather, th- other than phrases like under God, which I think yeah. is more of a broad term, Right. God specifically, or Jesus specifically, isn't really mentioned yeah. uh, by our founding fathers much. So I can say that, like, it, it's not true, but there is this belief we have been raised to believe uh, it's been said in churches, if you went to church growing up, especially in evangelical circles, that not only are we a Christian nation, but that because literally people would say in church, and I've had family members say, that the reason that America prospered so much and became such an affluent country is because of our devotion to Jesus and yeah. like Christianity and because of that God it's the pro- power of prayer yeah. and yada yada yeah and yada, because yeah. of that God protected us as a nation and right. so when they see these things happening what they're seeing is that we are going to incur the wrath of God yes. that you know so to them it's more it's more than just that this. is very sad to me but it is that's <laughs> yes I, I yeah I mean I agree with everything you just said and and that makes me very sad that like you know i i have very christian catholic family members you know you're in my prayers is said a lot my mom prays a lot the power of prayer is very much discussed but i also believe that yes say your prayers if that's what you believe in and you want to pray to god to help you or help this country through something but you also have to realize that there are much more rational um steps we can take to help prevent uh, our country from right. collapsing. But I don't think God is like gonna smite. That's the problem. The entirety that, of the country. That's why we're in such a difficult position right now. You know, when I was talking about the one million moms and that Hallmark commercial and spending a lot of time on those Facebook pages, I can say that it is impossible because given my upbringing, I can tell you that like it is impossible to rationalize with these people because their arguments are not rational. No, like, because their arguments are based in well. I'm listening to the word of God and all of you are are sinners and all of you will have to bow down to the to the word of God. Yes. Their their ideas are based in faith rather than fact. Right. But to the faithful the word of the Bible is fact. It is absolutely. It and, is like and what not it only is. that. It was also hammered into me. Yeah. Um. You know, I went on mission trips. I went on summer programs. I spent a lot of concentrated time among evangelicals, and it was oh, hammered. I mean, at the time, I was like, woohoo! But yeah, now I'm it. like, ooh. <laughs> uh, at the time, it, it was hammered into me that you are not of this world. And you you belong to a heavenly body, and the world is going to try and pull you away from and, God. But this is the thing. And so don't give in. Don't give in. But then let but then let the world do what they're going to do. If if all the sinners of the world have decided that it's going to be just happy holidays, then shouldn't you have some faith within yourself to know as long as I am then being no because and then you're pulling you're pulling the country away from being a Christian nation. And if you where does have it say to that fight, in the Bible, where does it say in the Bible? Have to fight. For Christ, I'm just giving you like I'm telling Jesus you. Jesus died on the cross, so we need to. <laughs> I'm telling you honestly, it was very militaristic the yeah. way that I was raised. Oh, in yeah. in that like you do, you have to defend your Christianity, you have to fight for Christ, you have to fight for this to continue to be yeah. a Christian nation, and so you cannot sit idly by yeah. and allow people to say things like it's Happy true. Holidays. It's it's so funny because my best friend Katie, she just moved to L.A. and she packed up her entire room and her life and put it in. Her car and drove across country, yada yada yada. But she also had one of those like 
um, pods that you can have, like, delivered. She used, like, a big box mm-hmm. where you can put, like, some oh, yeah. furniture yeah. and things like that. And she was, like, her dad had to kind of finish packing this pod. And he goes, did you bring your Bible? Oh. And, and she said, she was raised evangelical. And she goes, mm-hmm. no, Dad, I'm not bringing my Bible to Los Angeles. So... She comes and she unpacks everything and everything's great. He packed her Bible. And then she gets the pod and she sees the Bible. And so they have this huge fucking, like, chopping knife. Like, dead, like it looks like it'd be in a slasher movie kind of knife. And I get a video of them. They, like, threw the knife into the Bible. And I'm like, y'all are going to hell. Do so, not show that to your dad because yeah, he will 100% think you're going they, to hell. They found this really cool, like, it's from a bar, I think, and it's of, like, a dancing Satan. And they're going to put it above their bar with the knife and the Bible. And I'm like, Katie, that is the biggest fuck you because she was raised. Like, she went to evangelical summer camps. Yeah. Her family is I. pro-Trump, Fox News, mm-hmm. very, and she's very much not. The other way. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel that strongly about it. I absolutely feel like, you know, I mean, she's not. she's not doing it literally like fuck you. Like, she doesn't feel that strongly about it. It was more of just like a joke yeah. kind of thing. Like, she had told her dad not to pack the Bible. Right, and he took it upon himself to do it anyway. I mean, yeah. it is one of those things, though, that, like, I knew before my grand- before my grandpa passed, I knew every time I called him, he was going to ask if I was going to church. Like, I knew that that was just going yeah. to be a thing because it's, it's something that... And again, I'm... I really don't want to come across as defending this because, for the record, I think the war on Christmas doesn't exist, and it's ridiculous, uh, and I'm all for inclusivity. But for some people, like I think for my grandpa, it was coming from a place of, I want to make sure you go to heaven. Yeah, I want to make sure you go to heaven and you'll be where yeah. I am. My mom asked me every year to go to Christmas uh, mass, mass with her. Mm-hmm. And I, she hasn't said a word about it this year. I think she's learned her lesson. I think right. I've, I think I've said this on the show where she'd be like, "Can that be your Christmas present to me that you come?" To and I, with I me? don't like using religion in that way. Yeah, and I said, "Well, can it be your Christmas present to me that I don't go, that I don't have to go?" And yeah. then, and then that's how it always ends. Right. It's like you know, I, I respect her decision to celebrate. A part of Christmas as a religious holiday. Absolutely. I my mom is not hurting anybody. She does not believe there's a war on Christmas. And it for, is for her specifically. For a lot of people, there's a comfort in that. Like after I moved yes. to Los Angeles, I didn't go to church, but I still went on Christmas because there was a comfort in the tradition. There was and a, I understood that. There was a few times when I had first moved to LA where I I struggled a lot the first few years living here. And when I felt really lost, I would go to St. Finbar in mm-hmm. Burbank and I would just sit in the back. And there was one day, it was during the holiday season, it was when I was really, really struggling with my eating disorder and I just felt so lost. And I went to the church, I sat in the back, and there were these kids in their school uniforms practicing for the Christmas pageant. Right. And it reminded me of being a kid and doing the Christmas pageants. And it was something that was very comforting for me. There is a security in religion that I understand. The mass itself freaks me out now and I can't do it. But there is something I understand. There's a comfort in returning to things that brought you comfort previously. And there's also a comfort in believing in a higher power. Absolutely. And I do believe in... I, I don't think that I believe in a higher power like people think... That I, what I mean by a higher I, I power. I do. I know what you mean. Um, but I believe that there are things that are bigger than us, and there are ideas that are bigger than us. Not and to be super LA, but you're spiritual. I am <laughs> not I'm religious. Super spiritual. Yeah. But I and so I understand that feeling of just letting it go. You know, before I go to bed, making sure. You know, I always picture. 
I picture like a little cigar box and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put all of my worries. I picture all of my worries going into that box and I close it up and I say, you know, I can open that tomorrow if I want to. I don't have to. And that's going to help me sleep tonight. And I think that that's kind of what religion does too. You can give all of your problems to God. Absolutely. And it helps you release that anxiety. I still find my knee jerk reaction whenever things are tough or I need support to be to pray. Like that yeah. is that is my like instinctual reaction. Well, and, and to um, us, prayer is a certain thing. So when you're praying, you might still be using the words and phrases of the things that you grew up with, but maybe with different intention. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yes, even though I, I, cause you know, even though I'm still kind of saying maybe God or like whatever, what it really is, is it's a coping mechanism. Yes. And I know that rationally, I know that this is a coping mechanism for you to deal with this issue. Well, and it's almost you like know? a mantra. It's something that we've known since we were so young that saying those familiar words, um, for me, saying in our father, saying a Hail Mary is something that is very, um, grounding. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about it. I mm-hmm. know all the words. You know, I don't do this often, but when I do, it's just kind of, it's a, it's a very calming, Right. Absolutely. Okay. So to get it back to the war on Christmas. Let's wind it back to Christmas. Let's wind it back to the war on Christmas. Um, I mean, I'm glad we had that conversation just for the context of, I don't want it to appear to appear as though I don't understand where they're coming from. Right. I understand where they're coming from. I still think they're wrong. Yeah. And I still think that a lot of it is hate based. Yeah. And I think a lot of it um, is based in this fear of the other. Yeah. And fear of becoming a minority. You know, um, there is a lot of statistical data that whites will become a ethnic minority in the next twenty years, and that scares people. And I believe that that is what has fueled a lot of this Make America Great Again And that's why you have to make babies, Keegan. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm marrying a white dude. We're going to have, like, the whitest, like, kids in the world. I'm not engaged, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah. I was like, that could be taken really weird. But, so, I I mean, I do think that there is this kind of, like, tribal instinct, this, like, gathering of clans. Of the likeness. Right. Of, like, especially white people feeling, like, for the first time that they're going to end up being a minority in, quote, their own country. But yet at and the I think same that makes time, them uncomfortable. But at the same time, they play such a victim card like they are a minority already. It's just very hypocritical. Right, yes, yes. They're so afraid of being a minority, but also they're leaning into Christians being a minority. Yeah. And that they need to gain ground back. And it is it is ridiculous. And I think we started seeing, so not only is the threat of whites becoming an ethnic minority freaking them out, but then also it was spurred on by this whole idea of, like, the war on Christianity, the war on Christmas, was spurred on by the election of Trump in 2016. And actually before that, whenever he was on the campaign, campaign trail. Yeah. I think it was in 2016 before he was elected. He was um in Wisconsin at a rally yes. and he was in front of a crowd and he said, "When I started 18 months ago, I told my first crowd in Wisconsin that we were going to come back here someday and we were going to say Merry Christmas again." <laughs> And so he said, Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year, but Merry Christmas. And And on December 24th, 2017, he says, People are proud to be saying Merry Christmas again. I am proud to have led the charge against the assault of our cherished and beautiful phrase. Literally. Merry Christmas. No one ever stopped saying it. Like, that's the thing is like, yes, a lot of other people started saying happy holidays in an effort to be more inclusive. But I guarantee you, I mean, I was shopping the other day and I was going in and the guy who was doing the, um, 
who was standing outside for something or another. As I walked yeah. into the store, he said Merry Christmas to me. It's not like this was a thing that ever stopped happening. Yeah. People always said Merry Christmas. It's just not every single person always yeah. said Merry Christmas. And not every single person ever will. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it, you didn't bring anything back. And there was also in that Esquire article... He was um, playing into the Christian fan base. Absolutely. But, you like, know. you're playing into this evangelical... You're telling them what they want to hear because yeah. they're so fucking scared and you're giving them what they want. Yeah. Um, and there was... In that Esquire article, they were interviewing Eric Trump and his wife, Laura. Yeah, yeah. And it was Janine Pirro, who fucking sucks. I hate her. Uh, but she was interviewing them and basically patting them on the back for bringing Having Christmas, Christmas back. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, God. So good to say Merry Christmas again and, you know, have Christmas trees. <gasps> and I'm just like, when did anyone ever stop having a fucking Christmas tree? <laughs> like, they're everywhere. They're Why so are you acting like this wasn't a thing that. That why are you acting like this was a thing that ever stopped happening? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so bizarre to me. So Bill O'Reilly kind of continued on with this war on Christmas yeah. train. So even before Trump uh, was on the campaign trail, kind of pushing conservative America and evangelical America in that direction, it the conversation around war on Christmas never really stopped once the ball got rolling. So yeah, I, I believe it started uh, kind of coming into popular culture during George W. Bush. Yes, for sure. Well, yeah, yeah because, um, yeah, that was 2004. Yeah. About 2005. Yep. So it makes sense that that's what was happening. And also, there is, I think some of our younger listeners may not understand that there was a huge cultural shift after 2001. Yes. So after, after 9-11, there was this massive cultural shift return to, quote, patriotism. Yeah. And a lot of that was to return to Christian values. And there yeah. were a lot of large evangelical leaders like Jerry Falwell saying that America was under attack because we had strayed from our Christian values. Yes. So a lot of evangelical America then swung back, snapped back really hard uh, in deciding that we need to protect America by returning yeah. to Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, and it, be and it became a huge part of our politics, you know, kind of leaving that, you know, separation of church and state, I believe that Christianity really became a large um, topic of conversation yes. in the news and in our in our lives, our es daily especially lives. Especially since we had another religion that we could attack. Exactly. Which was, you it was know, us versus them. Us versus them. Yeah. Christians versus Muslims, essentially. And, you know, we had George W. Bush praying or evoking God yeah. in his, like, State of the Union addresses and things like that, which I, I'm sure happened in the past, but weren't as overt. I, I don't feel, but, you know, I could be wrong about that. I was, was, I was a kid, so who knows. Right, and it was probably a great um, comfort to the evangelical Americans to have him have said that. Absolutely. So, um, Bill O'Reilly, in 2012, he kept up his belief that Christmas was under attack by liberals by telling his viewers uh, that liberals were, quote, tr uh, tying the Christmas situation into secular progressive politics because they, quote, wanted a new America and traditional Christmas isn't a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Which, and again, when? Where? Yeah. Show me where. Well, and it's really not... It's just not that big of a deal, people. Come on. And um, I do have some statistics here 
from PBS News Hour. I watched a very interesting video from them this morning, and it says how Americans celebrate Christmas. And 46% say they celebrate it as a religious holiday, but 33% say it's more of a cultural holiday in their mm-hmm. family. And then it says how stores should greet customers. 32% believed that they should say Merry Christmas. 15% believe they should say Happy Holidays, and 52% say it didn't matter. It's Because I think, in general, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And here's the thing. When people say Happy Holidays to you, because we are so inundated with Christmas, Christmas is the first thing that comes to mind anyway. Yeah. Like, nobody can... Christmas isn't under attack whenever... How many... How many... What am I trying to say? How many channels... Like, you can turn on TV, and how many channels are basically exclusively playing Christmas, Christmas movies or Christmas episodes of TV shows? Or Christmas like, jingles behind ads. There you are know? radio stations that play exclusively Christmas music for a full two months. Yeah. So, there is no, this belief or this idea that Christmas is under attack whenever people who don't celebrate it are inundated with it. All day, every day, all the time. Christmas is the attacker. It, it makes <laughs> it no sense. I mean, and I'm someone who loves Christmas. You know yeah. I love Christmas. I fucking want to bake cookies and sit with hot cocoa and, and watch make those. Fudge. Sh- make fudge. And I watch will pay those. you to make me fudge. There's some in the fridge right now. <gasps> but, um, Keegan's fudge, you guys. You have no idea. Oh, my God. This remember, batch turned out a little wonky. Do but. you remember when I came when you had the tiny place when you got Matilda? Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. you had just made fudge. You were getting your hair braided. Oh, yes. I ate. I mm. will, that, that memory is embedded in my brain from like the fudge sensation so of for you. eating fudge. I don't care. It's delicious. Uh, but when you make it, you're like, Jesus, there's a lot of sugar in here. Yeah. Um, but you know, what I'm saying basically is that like it, it doesn't it just doesn't add up. Yeah. And I can understand where they're coming from, but there is absolutely no evidence at all that Christmas is under attack. And yeah. so in 2016, Fox News shared a tweet in which they said that where did it go yeah uh they shared a tweet in 2016 that said obama's holiday card doesn't mention christmas for the eighth year and it's like yes because he's the leader of an entire country Country. that represents all different people you know what i mean and so like why should his holiday card call out a specific religion yeah you know what i mean yeah is obama christian he I think whenever he was running, he had an affiliation to a Christian church and definitely identified himself that way, but I think it was under a lot of pressure. Yeah. I would say that he was pretty secular. Yeah. I think he was under a lot of pressure to identify as Christian in order to get elected, I think. Uh, But, yeah. uh, But, yes, there is no evidence um, of an organized attack on Christmas in the United States. The ACLU uh, director, Daniel Mock, who is the director of the ACLU program on freedom of religion and belief, says Christmas celebrations in this country are alive and well. As long as the government itself isn't promoting religious doctrine, those celebrations are entirely constitutional. Mm -hmm. No one is trying to stop you from celebrating. Nope. Um, at all. Should we talk a little bit about the history of Christmas, the history of some of the actual kind of attacks against Christmas? Yes. Um, just as a whole, the idea of Christmas itself was first made by ripping off a pagan holiday of Yuletide. Uh, yeah. So I actually have an article here um, 
from churchandstate.co.uk, and it is titled, Every Christmas Tradition is Pagan in Origin. So yeah. let's go through some of these really quickly. Let's do it. I'm excited. Christmas tree. It is a, seventh, a 17th century pagan German tradition of bringing greenery yep. into the home as a symbol of the spring yet to come. So the Christmas tree was originally brought into the home because it was cold, it was snowy outside, you couldn't spend time outside, so you brought some of the outside inside. Yes, and Yuletide, or just Yule, mm-hmm. was a German yes. um, celebration. And I believe that it, like Christmas tree is also associated with yeah. that as well. Um, the Yule log and mistletoe. The Celts and Gales burned logs as a druistic solstice ceremony to cleanse the past year and welcome the new. Fireplaces? Huh? Is that? So the Yule is log is like... Um, but what would you compare it to today? I mean, people still do yule logs. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They're like a log that you... Br- like, do you ever... Um, here in L.A., sometimes, like, on Christmas, it, on Netflix, they will have a channel that's just a yule log burning, and it looks like a fireplace with one log. Nope. And it was meant to, like... I believe... We never did the yule log tradition, but you were supposed to keep it burning all night, basically, is the thing. Oh. Like, one log that you are supposed to keep burning all night. Nope. <laughs> um, so... Burned logs were a druistic, druid, ju, wow, druidic solstice ceremony to cleanse the past year and welcome the new. And they gathered mistletoe for the festival of Alban Arthurian, or Yule, first described in writing by Roman historian Pliny the Elder. I don't know. Sure. Father Christmas or Santa Claus. He is yeah. a mashup of the tale of the Turkish Saint Nicholas, who was black, by the way. You should look at the recreation. Uh, St. Nicholas was black, (laughs) or brown, very brown, Uh, and the German Kris Kringle, or the Dutch Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. Have you seen the movie, sorry to keep, like, interjecting, have you seen Klaus on Netflix? Uh Uh-uh. It's so good. Watch it with Anthony tonight. All right. So, it's a cartoon, it's... Don't have to ask me twice, I love Christmas movies. It's so good, watch it, you'll love it. Midwinter festivals. If you happen to live in a region in which midwinter brings striking darkness and cold and hunger, then the urge to have a celebration at the very heart of it to avoid going mad or falling into deep depression is very, very strong, says Ronald Hutton, a historian at Bristol University. Christmas Day. The Bible gives no reference to when Jesus was born. Although there was a historian that said he was conceived March 25th, and that's why December 25th, but there is no, like, actual... Yeah, but how would he know that? Exactly. It it was marked on at least three different dates, the 29th of March, the 6th of January, and sometime in June. It wasn't until Pope Julius the first in 340 AD moved it to December 25th. This was conveniently used to convert pagans since it coincided with two major pre-Christian festivals: Roman Bacchan Bacchani ba- yeah Bacchanalia. That's it. <laughs> Roman Bacchanalia or Saturnalia. And various Yule celebrated by North Norse Gales and Celts. And that's something I've always known. A lot of these traditions. They, a lot of our holidays, including Easter, yeah. because we don't know when Christ was crucified. Right. We don't know when Christ was born. So a lot of these celebrations, these dates, they coincide with pagan holidays or religions because to we were... overtake them. Yeah, we were trying to uh, take, we were trying to appropriate yeah. <laughs> their religion uh, and convert people to Christianity. And, yeah. and what better way to do that than with like a feast and presents and yeah, like things yeah. that you're used and to. Easter bunnies and yeah. eggs isn't, with candy. Isn't that fun? 
stockings and gift giving, a mashup tradition of St. Nicholas tossing coins down the chimney of the of needy families and of setting out shoes with hay so Odin's horse would have them to eat. Did you celebrate St. Nicholas when you were younger? We didn't. Oh, we're I, not Catholic. We would do I would always leave my shoes out and my aunt to this day sends me a St. Nick Present. That's cute. I would get like candy and like a gift, like a small gift card or something. My mom would give us Christmas oranges, which I think has something to do with with that. But that's interesting. We, we didn't, um, yeah, we yeah. Didn't really. Um, so yeah, basically, like all of these traditions are are pagan in nature. So yeah. the very idea that removing a Christmas tree or putting one up in the first place is or isn't Christian is ridiculous because it's not <laughs> because it's not. Yeah, you know, we we've co opted that tradition, but. But it, it, and it's, it's not inherently Christian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the Puritans in England. Uh, they viewed Christmas as a mess of a holiday full of vice and lacking in scriptural basis. So they kind of um, mm-hmm. would attack against uh, Christmas, as well as the Puritans in London, who would open up shop, show up at to Parliament, and shut down their churches on Christmas Day. There was also something, maybe I have it written down here, but like they would like... Um, uh, they would, like, throw things at, like, the Christmas, uh, decorations and things like that. Mm. They were very against it. Uh, Christmas didn't actually return to England until 1660. The pilgrims shunned Christmas in 16... Oh, what? Sorry. Also, because I think I, I took the same from you, but... Okay, um, cool. But also in England, there were actually riots. (laughs) That's what I was thinking of. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. There were actually riots. So... People like to talk about the war on Christmas being this kind of secular thing, or other religions are trying to take it over, when really, the most devout, so like probably the evangelicals of their day, uh, the Puritans and these people, fundamentalist Christians of the, you know, um, 17th century, they... They opposed Christmas because, I think, partially because of its pagan roots and also because people would fucking cut loose and party. And- well, and also it was, like, very anti, like, King George. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to very much separate themselves from, like, the Church of England. And they right. wanted to kind of create a new. So they would, right. uh, anything that had to do with King George and his... But you know, people fucking loved Chris- Christmas, so yeah. they actually had a riot yeah. uh, in both Ipswich and Norwich uh, and several other cities in Love which, it. like, these people were just, like, not having it about, like, not doing Christmas. I would love, like, the secular people of the U.S. to one year just, like, fucking riot. <laughs> it would, I mean, it'd be horrible, but it would be yeah. very entertaining. I mean, they were rioting in defense of Christmas, but I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the Pilgrims shunned Christmas in 1620. And was banned in Boston until 1659. Um, It's kind of bananas. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. In urban areas, Christmas was oftentimes marred by violence, often against African Americans and Catholic immigrants and vice. Uh, It wasn't until President Grant in the mid-1800s, as you said, that Christmas was seen as an actual federal holiday. In France, Christmas was renamed Dog Day to mock the holiday as the government shut down Catholic churches, drowned priests, and established a national atheistic substitute, the cult of reason. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. So, post-revolutionary France. Yeah. They were fucking pissed. Yeah. They were real mad at the church because the church, of course, allowed a lot of the, like, 
wealth and discrepancies and the things that were happening yeah. in France at the time to go on. And so once they overthrew the monarchy, they were like, we're also going to do away with the church. Yeah. So that meant anything Which is that very went, similar to, like, the pilgrims that came to the U.S. Yeah, they're like, like, we're, we're going to do away with all of this shit. So but what I love is that they, there were, like, Christmas cakes that would be made, mm-hmm. and they renamed them Equality Cakes, which I love. Yeah, or Liberty Cakes, or Liberty cakes. is so funny to me because... Don't you remember, like, Freedom Fries? No, what are <laughs> Freedom Fries? After 9-11, when, no. whenever France was like, we're not going to follow you to war, um, when we <laughs> wanted to go to war, oh, we renamed French Fries. America was like, we're not going to call them French Fries anymore. We're going to call them Freedom uh, Fries. That's because hilarious. fuck France. Like, yeah, <laughs> didn't last. Clearly. Um, <coughs> I'm going to have some Freedom Fries when I go home. <laughs> so in Brunei, Chris, uh, Christians in Brunei, to this day, are free to celebrate Christmas as long as they keep quiet and alert authorities first. So the country's Ministry of Religious Affairs argued that people celebrating Christmas excessively and openly could damage the beliefs of the country's Muslim majority. That means Santa hats, religious songs, and Christmas decorations are off the table in Brunei, uh, which is ruled by a wealthy sultanate. The government adopted the ban and the harsh penal code in 2014. So, okay, and I'll do this one too as well. Um, In Saudi Arabia, planning a Christmas party is risky. Lebanese tabloid, a a Lebanese tabloid reported that the country's religious police arrested 41 people who were, quote, plotting to celebrate Christmas (laughs) in 2012. And Saudi Arabia doesn't recognize any religion other than Islam, despite the fact that about 1.2 million Christians likely live in the country. So I say all this to say... There are places where there's, yeah, it's actually difficult to celebrate Christmas, where there right. is a war on Christmas. America is not, not one, one of, of those places. places. No, it is not. No, have we have we made it clear to you yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we can. I can go in there and literally turn on Hallmark Channel right now, and it's going to be nothing but Christmas content. Yeah, uh, until New Year's, and so, Keegan is not going to be arrested. I don't think. Uh, I don't think so, unless there's a law I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> But, so, it's just a ludicrous idea. Really. It is. It is. And that is the tea. That's the tea. That's the tea, you guys. That's the Christmas tea. Well, that's all I have to say about it. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? I'm good. (laughs) You're good? You're done? I have a few. um, No, it's fine. You're good? (laughs) All right. I want to get home to my mom, who I haven't seen in about six months. So, you guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode. If there's anything that you want to add to this, experiences of your own, or thoughts that you have on anything that we said in this episode, feel free to email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can direct message us there. We also have a seldom used Twitter at Yanf Podcast, Y A N F Podcast. Although we don't tweet personally, I think a lot of our Instagram stuff goes on there. Yeah, and people talk to each other on there. Yeah, so. and you'll and you'll see when our episodes are up. So like still follow us. You'll get, you know, the same content, but you'll still if you're more of a Twitter user, that's a good place to go. Um, we also have a Facebook business and group page. Please rate and review us on our business page. We would really appreciate it. And chat with each other in the group page. It's a great place to be. Uh, what else? Oh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate it. We haven't gotten any new reviews in a while, so if you haven't done so, we got one on Monday. Get to it. We did? Mm-hmm. Did you not text me? I just noticed it. Just now. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then also, if you don't already listen to us on Radio Public, it's a free way for you to listen. It helps us out just a little bit. That's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye.
In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real. It's intimate. And it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.